0: Life presents various issues with a multitude of solutions. Having issues is easy, getting to the solutions is hard. If you're up for a good challenge, stay tuned and welcome to Qualified Issues. and welcome. My name is Carissa Galloway. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas, and this is episode seven, Perspective and Change. This is the last episode in season two, which is all about perspective. So at first I thought I will end it with the episode six, which is about influence, but I really want to tie season one and season two together because change and perspective really are interconnected. How you view things does make a difference. It affects your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and choices, and all those things affect your relationships. So as I move from one season to another in this podcast, I will be tying things together from time to time. This is important so that you, the listener, have a wider, more critical lens from which to view your life. Life is not only what you choose to believe. Life is not only what you choose to do or change, think, or feel. All those things are tied together to create experiences that affect you and other people. So let's take a moment to review the terms change and perspective. So both of these are from dictionary.cambridge.org. So change is, quote, to make or become different, unquote. Perspective, remember we have two. We have our default perspective definition, which is, quote, a particular way of considering something, unquote. And the goal. The um, definition, of course, is, quote, to compare something to other things so that it can be accurately and fairly judged, unquote. So if you want to or have made a change in your life, it will change your perspective in a small to large way. For example, if you move from a city to a small town, the culture will be different. You may change the way you socialize, spend your free time, choose hobbies, these changes may impact how you view yourself, others in the world at large. In other words, it may change your perspective. Another example of how change can affect your perspective, if you grew up poor and saw the rich as greedy and mean, then you make a change via getting a higher education, which allows you to earn income that you previously considered meaning you were rich, that change will most likely immerse you in the same quote unquote Rich culture, you had a negative perspective on before, but now that you are in it, you may change your perspective as maybe you've met some very nice, charitable, and loving people who do make a lot of money. Now let's go to the second um, idea here. If you have shifted your perspective on something, then it may demand you make a change in your life um psychologytoday.com this is an article uh, june 2019 by dr david johnson called the importance of taking the perspective of others um he says quote successful problem solving and conflict resolution largely depends on a person's ability to take the opponent's cognitive and affective perspectives cognitive being uh, thoughts and effective being feelings, um, and understand how the conflict appears to the other person and how that other person is reacting emotionally and attitudinally. Unquote. So, what is their feeling on it? What is their thoughts on it? What's their attitude about it? So, taking on the perspective of, of others is part of information gathering and critical thinking. Um, so, if you're taking on the perspective of somebody else, let's say that you're in uh, working and having a meeting and they're trying to come up with solutions and you believe that your solution is the absolute best one. Um, But let's say that typically, you know, you tend to think that way. Okay. I I have the best ideas ever. Um, Well, if you're taking on other people's perspectives in that information gathering stage of critical thinking, it might demand that you have a change in your level of thoughtfulness. Um, How does this other person feel about my proposed solution, and then you can end up opening up to uh, other people's solutions as well. Um, Taking on the perspective of others also helps increase empathy. So you'll probably have a change in your level of nurturing, um, being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and do your best to try to experience what they're experiencing. Taking on the perspective of others ensures that what they think and how they feel is included in final decision making. And that's super important. um, uh, Anytime you're working in a group, and that will change your level um, of inclusivity. Maybe you were very exclusive, you know, only certain people were allowed. Well, when you are working to take on other people's perspectives, it's going to help you become more inclusive taking on the perspective of others may help you find the solution you've been looking for all along, which can change your level of openness, being open to new ideas. And um, sometimes that's a really great thing. You know, you take one person's solution, your solution, you can kind of mix it together, negotiate a little bit, you might have an even better solution. So um, perspective changes in what you believe is very important too. So for example, Let's say you've never experienced trauma and maybe you view wives who are physically abused for example as people who should have left the abusive husband. Maybe you have little sympathy as you believe the wife should have and could have left. Then maybe you take a class on trauma recovery and you learn about the effects of abuse and how the abuser controls his or her victim. Your belief now hopefully will has changed to greater sympathy for the abused wife and an understanding of how she may not always be able to leave right away. This change in perspective may convict you to uh, volunteer in a woman's shelter. Maybe you feel uh, you need to go into a different career field even. Um, To take a religious uh, example here, if you were an atheist and believed in no God or higher power and then learned something about a religion that does believe in those things, If what you learned was attractive to you, then maybe your beliefs change. Uh, Your perspective changes as well in many areas based on beliefs you now hold dearly. Within that kind of perspective change, there may be many life changes you feel you must make. So inside the relationship between change and perspective, we can say it is a two-way door, each affecting the other. So whether you're working on moving toward the accurate and fair definition of perspective, Or if you're just wanting to make a change in your life, you can now see the interrelatedness of the two. If you want more information on change, I encourage you to go back and listen to season one here on Qualified Issues. It is all about change. Um, I wanted to touch on one more element related to perspective and change, and that is isolation. Isolation from dictionary.cambridge.org is defined as, quote, The condition of being alone, especially when this makes you feel unhappy, unquote. It's true that when you don't want to be alone, that you may think of the word uh, isolation. Um, In that situation, it would have a negative connotation. Another definition for isolation is, quote, the fact that something is separate and not connected to other things. The idea of not being connected is huge in our culture and society today, given that social media is such a popular mechanism. In fact, some people prefer to use social media instead of face-to-face interactions. Uh, the problem with that, we will go into that later. A third definition for isolation is, quote, the condition of being separated from other people, towns, countries, et cetera. And of course, this is something we've all recently experienced due to COVID. Um, On the BBC.com website, Michael Bond wrote an article in May of 2014 titled, When People Are Isolated from Human Contact, Their Mind Can Do Some Truly Bizarre Things, says Michael Bond. Why does this happen? Now, the examples that he gives in the article are very extreme. So, for example, Michael tells a story in the beginning of the article about a woman imprisoned in Tehran where she experienced a uh, near 10,000 days of isolation. She talked about having hallucinations. So that's just one example of the extreme isolation that he's talking about in this article. And then he goes into just isolation in general. He says, quote, chronically lonely people have higher blood pressure, are more vulnerable to infection, and are also more likely to develop Alzheimer's disease and dementia, unquote. Other effects of isolation he mentions are sleep problems, time shift issues, problems with various elements of reasoning. Um, The article explores possible reasons why isolation is so unhealthy. So Michael discusses information that he got from a cognitive psychologist, um, a group actually of them, and they talk about the brain trying to make sense out of the severe lack of sensory information it is receiving. Um, he talks about how, quote, we derive meaning from our emotional states largely through contact with others, end quote. In other words, we need other people who can help us make sense of, um, out of what we are feeling, as well as to help us, as he says, quote, mediate our feelings of fear, anger, anxiety, and sadness, and help us determine their appropriateness, end quote. This really speaks to self-awareness and the idea of external appraisal. I talked more about that in season one. Here, the author is essentially stating that external appraisal is crucial to our emotionality as well as our social needs. In another article, um, this is from health.harvard.edu by Dr. Jill Salinas. It's from May 2021, titled, How Isolation Affects Memory and Thinking Skills, um, Dr. Selena states, quote, it's something I'm seeing clinically. Some people were okay before the pandemic, and now they're having faster cognitive decline, end quote. The article provides a few possible reasons why thinking and memory are affected by isolation, and all three of these uh, reasons are quoted from the article. Uh, the first one is a lack of access to crucial resources or help with daily needs, uh, the second one is a decrease in stimulating mental activity that can come from social interaction. And three, a reduction in social support. So I would say number one, number three, um, there's so many charities and uh, even government programs that can help with those things, um, even, and, uh, uh, even faith-based uh, like churches, synagogues, mosques, all those places are great for social interaction and support. The second uh, point that he made, though, and I'll read it again, quote, a decrease in stimulating mental activity that can come from social interaction, unquote. That is something, again, that it's that idea. uh, I don't know if you've heard this before, but uh, when it comes to your body and your brain, if you don't use it, you lose it. Um, And that's what this really speaks to me about is making sure to use our brain capacity um, in a social way um, to help um, our our mental s- status to continue to be where it needs to be. Um, now, both of these articles point to the positive benefits of meeting our brain's social interaction needs. And it seems that both articles at least insinuate the importance of external appraisal which helps us become more self-aware. Remember we talked in earlier episodes about the benefits of increased self-awareness in reaching our goal of having accurate and fair perspectives. If you were the only person alive, then your perspective would be the only accurate and fair perspective. It would never be challenged. It would never be questioned. There would be no need for traits like openness or agreeableness in your personality because there's no one around to use those skills with. I'm going to do another article here, psychologytoday.com from September 2020 by Dr. Diane Rabe, called How Can Being Isolated Affect You? Um, number one, quote, creating meaningful connections also increases our self-esteem and helps promote a sense of self-worth, unquote. Inside that statement, we see where meaning promotes self-worth. If you feel your life is meaningless, then you, in kind, may also feel that you are worthless. It's harder to find your purpose. There's no challenge because there's no meaning. If there's no challenge, then there's no reason for change. Um, the second quote she gives is, quote, Murphy stresses the importance of community, which allow for personal expression, end quote. If we don't have community... Then we don't have, uh, then we have no external appraisal for our personal expression. Thus, we have no feedback related to potential changes we may need to make. Lack of external appraisal lessens self-awareness. The third point she makes is, quote, giving to our community not only strengthens, strengthens it, but also enriches our own lives and instills a sense of personal value, end quote if we do not feel valuable then we may, may we we may not believe our perspectives are valuable or worth listening to so you can see where being in relationship is extremely important in order to share express and challenge our own perspectives relationship provides that external appraisal that may influence needed change in our lives if you feel isolated it may be time to venture out and connect or reconnect with other people If you have moderate to severe anxiety over social interaction, I strongly encourage you to find a mental health professional who can help you overcome that hurdle because the benefits of relationships are well worth it. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a minute, please consider sharing this podcast and maybe leave a quick rate and review. Remember, a podcast is never a substitute for therapy with a mental health professional. I am Carissa Galway. This has been Qualified Issues, and I hope you'll join me next time.